Let's keep it short, sweet, and simple. On this special feature episode, we're talking about Joker. Matthew, welcome back. Welcome back to this special feature episode of Midnight Double Feature. What's going on? Um, I'm nervous as hell because I'm using a very different uh, recording setup. Yeah. A setup that's not, <laughs> this is not even intended for podcasting. Uh, what, what has happened is, um, for those who listened to the last special um, special feature, uh, sorry, um, upcoming attractions episode, um, might have been a bit of a hum. My, my mic decided to shit itself. So um, I've been through about four different mic options tonight, um, meaning we're going to have to push back our upcoming attractions episode. But we but we really want to talk about Joker. It's, it's a popular topic right now. And so, I don't know, this could be either the best I've ever sounded or the worst I've ever sounded. So we'll see how this episode goes. Awesome. Uh, how are you doing, man? You, uh, you said on Facebook that this, I think, is your favorite movie of the year. Is that right? <laughs> is that a spoiler? Uh, it, it, it's a, it's a mild spoiler. I mean, like, yeah, no, I was, I was, I mean, like, I, you know, I was going to lead everyone into it like gently and shit, but you're just like, no, just put it in. <laughs> just like, you fuck. said you want to do a quick one. So yeah, we yeah. go. The it, end. Is, it is a quick one. It, it is a relatively quick one. Like, the, um, like you just said, the reasoning for that is because, um, you know, in just in the interest of time, like we just weren't able to get to the other topics. So we'll just chuck that in next time. So it's fine. Uh, but yeah, Ooh. like you said, we did really want to talk about, Joaquin Phoenix and Todd Phillips's Joker that just came out. Um, and I was dying to kind of like get my thoughts out. So I'm just like, let's fucking, let's, we need to talk about this movie. Um, I don't know your thoughts on it, which is actually kind of exciting for me. Um, uh, I think we have both seen it twice each, right? Uh, yep. I saw it second time last night. Fuck yeah. I saw it, yeah, twice over the weekend, the long weekend that we just had here. Um, but yeah, you are 100% right. Uh, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. But before I get into that and more, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us here at Midnight Double Feature for a special feature episode. Um, so uh, yeah, fucking special feature. Jesus Christ. It's so weird to say that because we haven't done one in a while. Um, and uh, yeah, so... Thanks for joining us. Uh, we have uh, some comments maybe at the end of this episode uh, and where we are pulling those comments is our Facebook group, which is called The After Party. Um, if you're not following us already, give us a follow on The After Party. That's a fantastic page where people could chime in all the fucking time. Um, and that is uh, your link to our main Facebook page, which is just Midnight Double Feature, where we post all of our uh, big alerts like our new episodes that are just about to drop or have dropped. Um, also we're on Instagram, which is at midnight double feature and Twitter, which is at MDF pod. And please remember to stay, stop and rate and review us on iTunes, um, because that really helps us in the future and how we develop our episodes and how we put things together. So we really appreciate that. But without any further ado, let's talk Joker. Uh, Matthew, hit me with your thoughts because I'm sure the world knows my thoughts already. Bro, I think I think you it'd be actually better if if you lead lead it. Really? Okay. I think I think it'll become obvious why later, but um I know you're gonna have so much more to say than me. So so please, please uh do the honors, please. Okay. So not only is this my favorite movie of the year, but I think this one'll be this might be one of my favorite movies, period. Like that's I'm just putting that out there. This is I'm- now <laughs> 
I'm so grateful you went first. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I, I walked out completely on a high note uh, after opening nights, and uh, man, like my, I just had goosebumps, and like you know, I'm on the train back, like I have an hour train ride back, and like I was just thinking about it the entire time, and like you know, I, I was thinking about how how much I, I didn't look away from the screen, or like how engrossed I was in it. It's been a very long time since I've just kind of like been so drawn in to a film like this. Um, mm, yeah. And, and, and it, you know, it's definitely, you know, the, the entire cinema was just quiet and just absolutely in it, dude. Like, you know, it was just an absolute amazing experience. And even the second time, you know, like, cause this isn't a, this isn't a movie with high rewatchability. Like it's a, it's really only a movie that, you know, people, I think most people would go to once. Um, but you know, us being yeah. us and being crazy fucking nerds, we're going to go multiple times. So, um, but yeah, man, this is, this was just like a, I don't know, like, cause like, remember when the trailers were coming out and like, you know, we heard about this movie, it was just like, oh God, why are they doing this? Like, you know what I mean? It was just such an eye roll reaction. And um, now, you know. Something we, I think we discussed early on. Yeah. Uh, actually, I know I definitely said this and I think you're in agreement with me was like, this movie better be fucking good because <laughs> it's such a left of field concept. And still I look at it and it's like, who would be, what kind of madman would greenlight this film? It must've had the best pitch ever. And it ends up being ultimately, you know, spoilers. It's a great film, but um, it is so out of the norm of what a major studio would do with a franchise like this. And it's weird. It must've been just a great pitch. Martin Scorsese. Like he was attached oh, to this. Yeah. Like he was, he was the big draw, right? Like he was just like he was the. I, I believe he was the driving force behind this. Um, was he attached? I thought he was just the inspiration. No, no, he was, he was definitely attached? he was definitely producing. Yeah, for sure. Right. Okay. One hundred percent. And then he dropped out completely. I think to uh, complete the Irishman, all three and a half hours of that movie. <laughs> um, so long. So long. I can't wait though. Uh, but yeah. So and then you know Todd Phillips took over, and I'm just like, man, Todd Phillips, the guy who did fucking Due Date and the the Hangover movies and fucking old school. Like, why? Like, why is he doing this very very serious psychological film or you know take on the Joker? Um, and then like I saw you know like I saw War Dogs, and I'm like, okay, like he does have like now that I look at it, he does have like kind of like a serious side to his movies um, and I know that is weird to say war dogs mm. does definitely have like a serious side to it and hangover when they when they do get serious um they do have a serious side to them and they look beautiful like none of his movies look like typical um you know low, low budget comedies they actually look like a fantastically well shot film um uh, and you what know people need to realize like and like comedy is the genre that probably gets the least amount of props from like awards and um, like the Oscars and stuff. But everybody says that it's the hardest genre to do. And that's why you see this revolution of comedic directors later on in their career when they do take on serious films. They always knock it out of the park. I mean, just look at Vice and um, Big Short with uh, what's his face? Um, Adam McKay. Uh, Adam McKay, like best example, right? right. Um, exactly. And, and Same here with we go. Peter he's Farrell. another. Yeah, he's another great example of it. Like it's 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 funny that a movie called The Joker has almost nothing comedic in it, but it's one of the better serious films you'll see um, right. in 2019. 
Yeah, I, I haven't even like uh, I haven't. Sorry, I know you're dying to give your thoughts too because you've 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 let the you've let us had a peek into it like a couple times <laughs> now. And I'm just like I haven't even like got into the movie yet. Um, yeah, man, I think I think first things first, dude. You got to start off with Joaquin with any conversation, right? You got man. it. You got it. Dude, Joaquin fucking Phoenix. This is, if anything, this is a performance piece. Like this movie is, mm. feels like it was written for a specific actor to come in and absolutely show their acting chops, and that's what this is. Like this, this like man, his performance is outstanding. Like just his small little, little things he does in the second, like the little stuff that you pick up the second time around. Um, his mm. rage, his quietness, like his. The the laughs that he's able to like you know turn on and off at a fucking switch of a flick of oh, switch of a flick flick of a switch, um, <laughs> it's fantastic and he's just so engrossing to watch you know when he's when he's dancing okay one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie he shoots the three uh, Thomas Wayne employees right oh by the way guys mm. obviously this is spoilers if you're listening to this this is spoilers just letting you know oh are we he doing sh- spoilers oh, I gotta oh, leave yeah. I haven't seen it yet oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you Matt Vella haven't seen joker all right <laughs> may not seen yeah any comic book film that's I weird that I, I but yeah he shoots the three thomas wayne uh employees and the first thing he does he goes and runs and hides in a bathroom and he dances mm. like he dances by himself and like to me that says that this this murderous like psychopath uh just it's calming to him. It gives him peace, you know, and I'm just like, man, like that moment with the music, the music in this movie is outstanding, dude. The violins, yeah. holy shit. And like when he's walking back after, you know, we we get the reveal that Zazie Bates' character is not actually who we think she is. Yeah. <laughs> just This entire movie is just an absolute masterpiece, I think. Um, By the way, mm. the story as well. Um, I was not expecting Zazie Bates' character to have that kind of like turn. Like I wasn't really wasn't expecting that, even though I probably should have. Um, yeah, the second because- time I saw it, my mate yeah. called it like two or three okay. scenes in with her of her appearing on screen. So like almost oh, halfway through. And I, feel like I, I was have, surprised. Yeah. Like I was really surprised. Like, how the fuck did you figure this out? Like like I do think, uh, spoilers for my opinions, and sorry to interrupt you, but like, no, I do think some elements of this film is a bit predictable and I'm going to be way harsher than you. But I never saw the twist that, like, you know, basically Fight Club twist coming at all. But my fucking mate pulled it like 20 minutes before it happened. And I was like, how the fuck is that possible? Like, um, but that, I guess that goes to show how well this movie is at putting the jigsaw puzzle pieces together for you to put them like to to figure it out um that's always like a key to a good twist i think is the fact that when it happens it all makes sense you know well you know in hindsight i was just like i'm kind of like i'm uh, i'm I'm kicking i'm kicking myself a little bit for not picking it up earlier because like it seems (laughs) it seems a little obvious like you know we're, we're told from the start that he's a bit of a he's a bit of an unreliable narrator like you know he's like this kind of like yeah, we're not, we're not really supposed to trust what we're seeing on screen 100% of the time. And, like, I kind of dig that. I love that because, like, it also plays into, like, his psyche and his broken fucking mind, dude. Like, I love that yeah. shit. Um, but, like, and you know, obviously another clue is, like, um, right when, you know, they're looking at that newsstand or the newspaper and um, he's looking at the, at, the, at, the, at the headline and she says, fuck him. Like, you know, like she, she's, she's a great, she's, it's, it's him trying to like reinforce his opinion on it. It's fucking fantastic and fascinating to watch. Um, 
the the violence in this movie is something that we can get into towards the end and is obviously a massive uh, topical thing out in society right now. I didn't think it was as violent as it probably was going to be. Um, I knew that there was going to be a lot of violence in it or probably startling violence, if anything. Like, there's probably two major sequences of maybe three major sequences of violence that kind of just come out of nowhere. And probably the second one of the second one is the most, I guess, uh, over the top. <laughs> um, but I, I appreciated it because it's the fucking Joker. Like, it's this murderous, crazed maniac in this very, very serious comic book adaptation, like, you know, that you're supposed to take seriously. So, obviously, it's not for kids. Um, but, yeah, man, this this movie's just so well shot, um, and it's just, like, the time period of it is fa- fa- fantastic and fascinating. Um, what else am I supposed to say, man? Like, I, I like... Okay, look, you know, you, me being me, I don't have a massive sort of, um, and this is going to ruin uh, Patrick Harrington's heart, who is, by the way, refu- refusing to see this movie. <laughs> mm. um, I don't have a big sort of like attachment to the comic books or um, who the characters were originally. Like I don't, I like, you know, directors and filmmakers and creative people just taking liberties with the base elements of a character and making it their own. And I love what they did here. Like, I love that we kind of got this red herring that the about the mum. Like, I love that we got... Um, you know, this this whole sort of like <laughs> you should have seen how many how many gasps there were in the cinema when it was revealed that the Joker like was the brother of Batman. And we were just like everyone, even Chris turned to me, our friend Chris turned to me and he's like, uh, I didn't know that was the thing. And I was just like, uh, I don't think it is. <laughs> and then like, you know, 20 minutes later we get told that uh no, your mother is also an unreliable narrator, and that is yeah. not the truth. Uh but really that is also left ambiguous towards the end, right? Like that's you know, there are the, some- the letter, yeah. The photo, yeah. The photo, sorry, yeah. yeah. There are definitely some sort of like, you know, little loose ends hanging here that uh, Todd Phillips uh, has 100%, um, you know, done on purpose, uh, you know, to generate, Uh, you know, conversation, so. I got to say, you know, I don't love fan theories um and i've seen this movie has sparked some stupid are you about to tell me are you about to tell me the one about how it's all in his head the entire movie and he's in the asylum the entire time that's that's one of them and i fucking it that one enrages Mm. me as well but the the one the, the the one i'll always be like okay these are good. Like the ones, like the, I like to, I do like seeing the arguments about um, was his mother telling the truth or was she crazy? Um, it was, was Thomas Wayne really the father or not? Like, cause the, the, the pieces were intentionally put there and it's very clear, especially with that photograph reveal. Yeah, absolutely. So I do, I do love seeing stuff like that. But then when people start saying stuff like it was all a dream when, okay, Maybe you can argue, but the word, I think the dumbest one was like, oh, it's not about, the movie's not about the Joker. It's about a guy who inspires the Joker. It's like, then why the fuck is it called Joker? Like, ugh, that shit makes me so, and it's like, it's all, re- you know what? I'm not going to get started on that shit. Yeah, this is relax, your part. Pa- yep. You continue giving me your thoughts, I have. I sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I have one more thing to say. Like, I mean, yeah, look, those fan theories are fucking ridiculous. That one about him inspiring the Joker is just straight up false because we actually see him become full fledged the Joker at the end. So that's fucking false 
um, the one about him being in the mental asylum the entire time. I did see one compelling piece of evidence, but I, I'm still not buying into that because I just had that. I hate that kind of storytelling where it's like, oh, they were in, they were asleep the entire time, or you know, like I hate that shit. I hate shit like that happens like towards the end of the movie where it's just like what you just saw all two hour two yeah. hours of it didn't mean shit. Like I didn't like I didn't like that kind of storytelling. But anyway, yeah. um, one of my favorite elements of this entire movie. Was um, and 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 look, <laughs> originally I was a bit down on it. Like I didn't really like the fact that they included Bruce Wayne um, in it mm. as much as as much as they should have. But after thinking about it, I kind of liked it. I like how um, the Joker's actions deliberately inspire the creation of Batman. I I kind of dig that. I love how. This this goon that shoots them in Crime Alley says before shooting Thomas Wayne, uh, Thomas Wayne, you deserve this or some shit like that. Like, you know, he says the movement that the Joker created inspires Batman to become who he is. And I hadn't seen that kind of origin story before. Like I hadn't seen I've seen kind of like pretty much every fucking kind of uh, Batman origin story, but I haven't seen one where the Joker mm. inspires Batman to become who he is. And I thought that was that was kind of cool, man. Like I I really appreciated that. Um, I'm I'm on the fence on that because on one hand, okay, on one hand I'm sick of fucking seeing those two die in the alleyway. I see it. It's gonna happen. I, I think it's, it's my I think it's like yeah. my eighth time seeing. Like, we used to make fun of um, Uncle Ben dying in Spider Man films, but. <laughs> Like literally, I think I don't know if we've seen a Batman film where they don't die at this point. Um, I mean, but three. Like, oh, it's more than it's like at least four, isn't it? I think it's four actually. I think Forever yeah. as well included one. So yeah. eighty nine Forever, but it begins and yeah, Batman vs Superman. Yeah, um, and then and now Joker. But like the the thing I to me that scene on one hand it feels like a lazy Easter egg, like they just threw it in. But on the other hand, like if you look at it from the perspective of how did Gotham get so crazy, then it's kind of like, okay, it's, that's the catalyst. But then, but then again, that's one of the many things that deviates so far from the canon because it's like, well, Joker usually is a similar age to Batman. Um, Does that mean when he grows up to become Batman, he's fighting an old man who thinks he's a clown? Like, I don't know, but that's like, that's only if you're getting really deep into the comic book shit. Yeah. And, and with and this you film, at- you, have to, you have to detach yourself from that. To enjoy this film, you can't be a hardcore Batman nerd. Because no, you if, you, if, you, if you attach yourself to that, you're going to hate this movie. And you have to take it as for what it is, you know? Actually, you know what? Fuck it, dude. I'm a, I, I consider myself a bit of a fucking Batman nerd. And like, I'm fine with, fucking, with this movie. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm just fine on a different take. Like, I'm good. Because I'll always have that other take that I really fucking like. So... Doesn't fucking yeah. matter, um, but yeah, man, I I really dug this movie. Uh, love fucking De Niro. It's so good to see De Niro back in a fucking good movie for once. Like you know, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm you saying this. I, I'm with I'm the, you. On, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying this like a minute before the Irishman comes out as well. Yeah, um, that is getting like really good fucking reviews. But anyway, dude, mm. uh, I've been talking for nearly twenty minutes straight. Uh, hit me with your thoughts, uh, and obviously I'll fucking butt in because yeah, you did, yeah, you did, like, yeah, yeah. Just think, like, just think of it as like jumping off points, you know? Yeah, it's just a um, yeah. nice well, little look, chat. Like, here's how I started off. Um, so, bit of how the sausage is made of this episode. So, I first saw this movie. Um, the day it came out, um, 
And I didn't really like it that much, to be honest. I, I could accept that it was a really well-made film, but I didn't love it. And I've had a feeling maybe it's because I was looking through it at a certain lens or wanted something from it. And I was with people who also didn't enjoy it. Like, it's a casual movie going fans like they they go into thinking they're seeing a batman film so and there's like no explosions so and i think it wasn't just the people i was with but the people around me like there was there was some like people at the front who were like heckling the movie one of them smoked a cigarette in the cinema um in good old uh where was it penrith so obviously um no it was Parramatta. but yeah anyways um but like then I saw you post that it was your favorite film of the year. And I was like, if I don't give this movie a fair chance, Midnight Double Feature is over. Zoheb won't be my friend anymore. He'll slit my fucking throat. I've got to give this movie the fairest chance possible. So I went back and I was like, Zoheb, can we push back recording for this so I can see it again? And and um, I'm really glad I did. I think I did enjoy it more the second time around. I noticed things I didn't really... Like something I really appreciate with filmmaking is when I can see the the Lego blocks being placed to set up things for later. And when I, knowing where I, I knew where it was going, I was able to appreciate that more. Um, weirdly, that's my favorite thing about Disney films because the screenwriting is so tight. Everything connects to something later. It's so good. And um, this film has a lot of that. Um, and so I'm glad I went and saw it a second time. I was able to appreciate it more. Um, overall, though, I'm going to be honest, and this is why I wanted you to go first. I'm still really mixed on a lot of things about this film. Um, I, I know it's an ama- I know it's a really well-made film, but there's a lot of elements on it I'm um, on the fence about. Um, well, let's start off with the great things, the things I do love. So, obviously, um, this is an actor's film. This is Joaquin Phoenix's showreel. He's incredible in this movie. Um, I love how he's shirtless so much of it, just to, so you can really appreciate how much physical commitment he went to this film you know um he uh so yeah i love his performance his his subtle nuances it is a mastercraft in acting um the the amount of meat he had to chew on was incredible um i think uh my second favorite thing about the film which i think it doesn't get enough credit for is the production design um this film feels so authentic it feels so so realistic which at times i think may work against it later on which i'll touch on later but i, I oh, do dude, one one thing i loved man yeah. like I, like and it doesn't even really need to be in there but like it just kind of goes to show like how great the production design is. Just like when he um, he's he's on the phone to his boss, like after he drops the gun in the in the in the hospital. Yeah, and he's in that phone booth, and like in the background, you go you got the graffiti and the prostitutes, and I'm just like, man, this it this world feels so lived in, and not like not only it that, does. but this this looks like a place where Arthur Fleck would live because he's fucking poor. <laughs> and and this movie, which like. I know people always talk about the politics of this film, but the one thing I don't see enough talk about is like how it's really, it's about like class warfare, you know, it's about the rich versus the poor and um, the, the division of, uh, of Gotham. So, um, yes. Which and I'm, I think I'm that's glad- one of the smallest elements of it. I think. Um, I think it's an overarching thing. Like it's a motivation at some points. It's not the main thing, obviously, right. but it is a exactly. big part of it. Yeah. Um, but 
uh, like you know, it's it's the whole point of the Thomas Wayne character. I think, um, yeah, like you know, sure. you could argue. I think he's Donald. You, know, you could argue. Yeah, he's he's kind of Donald Trump, but like he's not in the the typical way that late night talk shows will make fun of him. Um, which I think again, that's another you know. For some reason, that's a big part of politics now, and that's where Daenerys' character comes in. I like how it is speaking on this crazy Trump's America world, but it's not doing it in a way that is obvious or where the typical stuff is. Like they're not doing, they're not touching the race stuff. They're not touching on stuff. They're literally just talking about how um, the people at the top don't understand the people at the bottom. Um, Right. Yeah, literally. And yeah. and they literally show the struggles of this character and how with mental health and like, you know, the gunnack gunnack epidemic in America, like and how that and how it can go. Um See, I, I'd say less so guns, but like I, I think um well, violence. Was, maybe violence. Yeah, violence. But violence. also also like the direct uh consequence or one of the things that pushes him to become who he is is the closure of the social security uh, element of it right like he's, yeah. he's like he's like who am i supposed to talk to and he's like well the government's shutting us down um yeah. and basically you know who is the government if not thomas wayne who wants to become mm. the mayor like you know yeah um i really want to talk more on this but i want to leave it to the end because um I know I'll probably get derailed, so <laughs> um, and I don't want I don't want politics Sorry. and things like that to affect what comes across as my review yeah. of this film because because um, at the end of the day I do have some criticisms for it which I think are fair, but what's what's hard nowadays with all the stuff you see on Facebook, everyone's always like uh, SJWs or DC fanboys, and it's like. I, can we just take the movie for how it is, guys? Can we not? Um, like, I know it's got a very politically driven element in it, but it still is its own standalone story. They're not making direct references to Trump. It's not like watching Black Klansman where they directly relate it to what's happening now. You know, they're, they're, they're lifting themes and elements and putting it into a fictional world. They're, they're also playing it up in some cases. Um, there are no, there's not many clowns getting kicked around by teenagers in, in, in real life, uh, hopefully at least. Um, look, look, um, so I'd, I'd love the production design. I also love the score. It, it feels very, um, oh, the score is, okay, on one hand, they have like the, 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 the classic music. But the way they use violins and stuff, they always seem to stop right before you expect them to continue. Like it's very unsettling. And um, excuse me. Um, yeah, the music, it really stuck with me, the music. It made me uncomfortable at times, the, the, what, the themes and how they mix with the music, which is, I think, exactly what this film wants to do. It is a statement. Um, it didn't mean I had a fun time watching it. And one of my favorite comments ever sent me after party was uh, – I can't remember. It was about we had we had a conversation once about Oscar films, and someone said uh, most Oscar films are about suffering, and that's why I don't like them because uh, I want to go to the cinema and have time. I can't remember the the, the girl her name. Uh, she comments a lot, um, and I know you know her, so I have. But anyways, but that was a really great quote, and I feel like it applies for me for this film a bit. Um, but the film. You can't fault it too much on that because it's doing what it wants to do. Um, cinematography is amazing, um, along with the lighting. Um, it's uh, I'm a part of a Facebook group called Movie Set Memes, which is like run by 
you know, people who are in the the industry and they just, there are a bunch of memes about how shallow depth the field is and how like first uh, assistant camera people will be just panicking over trying to rack focus for that stuff. Cause that is really hard to do. <laughs> uh, but the film, like it's, it's, it's intentionally doing that shallow depth of focus. It's always trying to put the Joker in frame. It's really backing up that character piece, the element of it. So it's done really, really well. Um, I think that's most of my positives. Um, oh, and we have to talk about, dude, the most amazing scene of the film, clearly, um, that uh, talk show scene. Um, holy shit. What where, a fucking third act, dude. Yeah, like, honestly, that scene makes the movie um, for me. If that scene wasn't in the movie, I'd be giving a very different review. I honestly think because everything's building to that and then it just goes from there. It just right, fucking we don't, we don't get goes. that scene until, like, if we don't get the previous hour and a half. Yeah, um, but that scene is incredible. It is literally a guy um, uh, spilling his heart out on stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And by by any means necessary. And I love how they were setting you up for this um, edgy scene where he commits suicide on TV. But, you know, he sees the, I wish my life, uh, I wish my death makes more sense than my life. And um, he decides to take action, take control of his life in that in that scenario. It really speaks to the growth of that character. Absolutely. Um, and just talking from like a filmmaking perspective, dude, like one of my favorite things in this entire movie is what Todd Phillips does like in that scene where he keeps pushing closer and closer into his face. Like it's yeah. like by the end of it, his face and, uh, you know, Murray's there, it, they dominate the screen. It feels so personal. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It feels so in. right. And if you want to, like, you could argue an extension of that is the scene directly after it. There's an, uh, an amazing shot um, when he's in the car, in the police car, and oh. he leans his head forward. It is, it is so close that the, 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 uh, I think it's the aperture, like, the stops, it only gets his nose and a little bit of his eyes in focus. Everything else goes it's blurred fantastic. out because of the because of the insanely tight uh lens they were using there. It's like, but I, like they've and that's the only shot in the film that's like that. It's because they've been building yeah. for that throughout the last scene, you know? I particularly love that shot because it kind of mirrors um at the start when he's like leaning against the bus window and he's kind of like scowling. He's not really happy. He's looking out, mm. you know, at society, he's not very happy with it. And then in that final scene when he's like in the cop car and leaning out, he's literally smiling. Like, you know, yeah. he's happy with, like, all this fucking chaos. I love that that mirroring of it, dude. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's, a, it's really, it's about a guy trying to find, you could argue, it's, a, it's about, it's a guy just trying to find his place in the world. And, right. you know, he, and he says does. he's he's never been happy a single minute of his life and all he has is negative thoughts. But um, he finally finds solace in uh, in violence. Uh, it's not chaos, I would say. I think it's more the violence of it all. Um and like that's oh, that, that is good character work. as well, right? I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know because like maybe, but I feel like they drive home the violence factor more. Like he, he enjoys that moment of chaos, but before that, it was I don't know. You, you could argue they're the same thing as well, I guess. See, I don't. I don't know because like when we okay, we're like we can nitpick this movie to death, right? This is going to get covered on a featured presentation. Don't fucking forget that. <laughs> but do you remember when he's running away from the cops and like you know he runs into the subway? And oh, yeah, he's laughing, isn't he? He's laughing, but I don't know if he's laughing if because he's getting away from the cops or if he's glad to see what he started. 
like whatever this, this it chaos is, element of whatever it, it is, it's not because of his neurological condition. Because before that, he sort of was right. like, "No, I've I control it now." Right. And then exactly, I read, and his I laugh disappears. Yeah, and I, I read a comment from the director recently about uh, that one scene in the mental asylum uh, at the end, Arkham Asylum, where it's, he only has that one genuine laugh, which is there. And like when I think about, it, yeah, there were different laughs. They're like, you know, there's, there's a laugh he tries to when he tries to fit in, just that more high pitched laugh, which is him trying to. to oh fake my laugh. god! Yeah, at the then comedy store. Yeah, and then you then you get these other laughs like um, when he actually thinks things are funny, and then there's like the laugh. The best acting in this film yeah, for me, some of it is whenever he's laughing when he's in pain, like he like he wants to cry, he's in oh, pain, dude. but he can't yeah. stop laughing. Like it feels like that's when it like, really that sell that mental noise. illness. Yeah, yeah, like the the mental illness really is, is strong there. But like, look, um, I said I didn't love this movie to death. I've got a few problems with it. Um. The, the script, while, like, I, I kind of feel like, I think ultimately, and this is a very personal opinion, and this is not, not everyone's going to feel this way, but I feel like um, a movie has to have a message. A movie has to say something. And this movie, I feel like only half, it has a message, but it's like, it, it feels like it's just like, look, the world sucks. It's so bad. It can make anybody crazy. But- when you say that, it's like, give me a solution. Give me a, a reason. Like they, they, I feel like this movie and okay, this, this goes into like where people I think might get offended by it. I don't think the problem with this movie is that it glorifies violence at all. Like, I don't think that's the issue. I don't think it's a Quentin Tarantino situation, which I love Tarantino films. I think my problem with it a little bit is um, the, they, I don't feel like they ever show effectively that what he does is bad. I feel like every time he does violent, some, a violent act, he's almost rewarded for it and it leads to better things. And by the end, he's pretty much worshipped as a God. Um, and, you know, some people may like that. That's okay. And, you know, art is meant to disturb the comfortable, but that didn't sit with me very well. And, I feel like what is the filmmaker trying to say here? Are they saying, is this what we should be doing as a society? Should we all be shooting talk show hosts and stuff? Like, I don't know what we're meant to leave thinking. Um, and you could say, well, Matt, it's just the comic book movie. But well, that leads into my other point. And this is, I don't put this into my effect, into my opinion on the review. It's just me speaking as a fan. I don't think this is a Joker movie. I think it's, I, I like to think of this as something completely separate because I don't recognize the Joker here. I don't think he has, like you, you said before, like, you know, with adaptations, it can be the base of the character, but I don't think they even have enough to clarify a base. Like his personality is so completely different. The aesthetics, the the motivations, the the, the personality. I think it's a great character, but I just don't see the Joker. And then when you, if you take that away, what's left? There's a Bruce Wayne cameo. Um, there's, they go to Arkham for a second, but it's just a generic mental asylum. Like I look at this and I, I don't see the Joker and I don't see anything really super Batman-y. Um, that's not a bad thing. doesn't make it a bad film, but um, if I they were to make, actually, I do, yeah, I do like, have I a genuine question. I got a question. Yeah. So, 
um isn't isn't it like more of a it seems like a bit more of an exaggerated version of the joker origin we got in the killing joke Mm, I don't think so because the killing joke, like, well, in the origins, okay, well, first of all, like, he's got a different family life. Um, He has different motivations. He has the whole chemical plant shit. Yeah, but Um, failed comedian, right? Yeah, but that's it. He's a he's a he's a foul comedian, but in that and okay, admittedly, yes, he's broke in that. He has money issues, and but depressed. in that, like, but yeah, but like the 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 fact is, the personality element is the Joker's always coming up with plans. He's always he's always a smart. He's always in charge from perspective of I'm going to do this because I'm I'm going to do this. In this, it's a guy who accidentally becomes this because he reacted to an impulse rather than he made a decision. Um, and he he doesn't really um, – like, he, he's, he's mostly scared most of the time. He's mostly scared. He's mostly in pain. He's not like – he doesn't really enjoy the violence until the very end. Now, you could say, yeah, well, that's a – that's an origin story or it's like, well, I'm not seeing enough that takes me there. And then the fact that the laugh is meant to be like a neurological disorder. Um, well, that makes, or if that, like, like that's not why I say the Joker, the Joker was a sadistic guy who enjoyed it. So that's why he laughed in this by making it like a, a mental illness. It, I don't know. I don't really, it's not the same to me, you know? And then on top of that, like, you know, like the, the Joker was always this very, he was chaotic, he was crazy, but he was also very intelligent. Arthur Fleck, not very intelligent. He's just impulsive and, and crazy. And like, it's an amazing character. It's um, a better performance than most Jokers we've seen things. But to me, it's not the Joker. It's another character that is amazing, but... Like, I just don't get that fanboy element out of that. Like, I don't recognize, I don't look at him and I don't think the Joker. I think I get that. Yeah. another no, I, character. I, I, I get you know? that. I think, uh, I, I think to me, this, I, I, this is the Joker to me now, Yeah. to be honest. I, I, cause I don't, I didn't watch the cartoons, although I'm very familiar with them. Uh, obviously I loved Heath's uh, version and I definitely love Jack Nicholson's version, but I think this is the Joker to me now. Like I think, but if this is the Joker to you, just uh-huh. keep in mind you're going to be disappointed when you see other films because they're not going to go this route but again because this versions. isn't a ri- yeah, this no, isn't original. But this is an original creation. I'm saying, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, well, and so was Heath's version at, at a point, right? Like, and so was Jack Nicholson's version at a point. And well, so I can was, see, uh, I can see relation like the the I can see similarities between them. That's what I'm saying. I don't see similarities to this guy. But that's me. Like others will disagree. Yeah. See, look, I don't need similarities just to tie it into a universe or something pre-existing. I just need something close enough, and for him to be even close in, even living in Gotham and somewhat into violence and chaos, that's enough for me. Like you mm. know, that's I'm good. Um, and, and, and like, like I, I have a low bar, dude. Like I'm not, I'm not going to be someone who. Like, I'm not going to be like, well, that's not Batman to me, or that's not the Joker to me. Like, I'm going to be like, well, I'm, I'm, I, cause I'm 100% into fucking embracing new, like, new adaptations or like new, uh, takes on things. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm not usually one to be like, why are they doing this or why are they doing that? I mean, I did definitely do that for this movie because I was just like, why are yeah. they doing like a standalone Joker movie? Like, it's not going to work with Batman without Batman. But, um, yeah. it did, in my opinion. I, I think you did, um, uh, raise something there just a little while back. Fuck, what were you talking about? It was about the political stuff, I think, um, in terms of 
Fuck. Um, uh, was it know. about how they didn't directly lift things, um, but they just took themes and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So I did want to talk about that. So like, I okay. So to me, all right, maybe this is like where we can get into the fucking deep shit, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and man, like we talked about this not being a longer episode, but here we fucking are. Um, so uh, I movies don't have to have a positive message for me all the time. Like that's not really something that I'm um particularly Yeah, no, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like obviously, you know, positive films and positive messages are fucking great and all, but I think, you know, there's room for cinema. Think- there's room in cinema for a movie like this, like where there's, you know, some yeah. kind of like I mean it's it's nihilism. Like you know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. uh it's it's fucking House of a Thousand Corpses, you know. It's the Warriors. Oh, sorry, not the Warriors. It's yeah. um, yeah. You know what I mean. I think if I could rephrase, I think um, I I mean more like I feel like the director's trying to make a statement, but that statement, it's like it's like what do I do with this? You know, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like um, I feel like the movie thinks it's smarter than it actually is. It's smart in Many ways, well, here's like my the mastercraft it. it being made, but the story-wise and the message, like here's, here's, I'm just here's not saying my that. Take on it. This yeah. is to me a cautionary tale. Like this is to me, mm. if if you do want to spin it into something positive, this is to me uh, saying like, hey, we gotta watch out for uh, like, sorry, not we gotta watch out, but more like we gotta be careful with how we treat people and how we treat mm. those people who are miss, you know. Uh, people with disability or people who are unfortunate or had the misfortune of going through uh, something traumatic and horrific in their lives and we got to be careful with how we how we treat them um, and you know I'm not saying that this is this is like what happens to Arthur Fleck or what, like the choices he makes uh, happens to everyone but I'm saying that this is someone who society just absolutely entirely left down and this is in in a crazy, you know, outlandish yeah. sense, what could happen? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like a be careful or be aware situation. 100%. And, like, honestly, like, like, oh, I don't want to get too deep and personal here, but, like, there are moments where I can totally relate to Arthur. I've been boot bashed and kicked by a group of people I don't know before. I've been uh, attacked. I've been, I felt depressed. I've had suicidal thoughts and hell, I've even thought of, hey, what if I did this in public and then everyone would see me, you know? Um, Obviously, I make different decisions in this character and I think most sane people would. Um, Obviously, this character is a character who um, goes through, has gone through a lot. Yeah. But like, yeah. And I think one good thing the filmmakers do is they, they really do try to make you empathize with him. Um, I don't know if they're always successful, but I don't know if they want to be successful at the same time because uh, they 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 for sure do not hide the fact that he's brutal. Like, I mean, when he kills that um that guy he works with in his apartment, like, dude, mm-hmm. tell me that reminded you of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Oh, dude, just just That's just so, a Tarantino kill. So sudden, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy, man. It, it was also like it was also like I think there was more history there as well. Um yeah. because like when he gives yeah. him the gun, he says uh he says something like uh you you don't owe me, boy, or something like that. I don't know, there's something there, there's a line uh, he always that calls hints him to something my more boy. sinister. Yeah, there's yeah, something. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like there was, I've noticed my second watch. They they drop a few other things. Like, um, the the boss says that oh, you tried to buy a gun off him when he was actually given to him, and they say they have another comment later on oh, the film that as was, well. That was on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean you mean like uh, uh, beyond that? You think there's even more there? No, no, no. I, like, so the guy, the big guy that gave him the gun, he lied to the boss and said, "Hey, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah." But I think there was also more there. Something sinister that the big guy was doing to Arthur Fleck. I think um, he was somehow taking advantage of him in some way. I don't really know, but that's the kind of vibe that I got. Yeah, no, it could have been cool if that scene went out longer and then maybe he tried to frame Arthur or something like, oh, he's mentally ill, they'll believe it, rah, rah. Um, I I feel like, but, yeah. but I feel like throughout the film, most people know the guy who killed it was Arthur. Like the cops clearly had a good hunch, you know? Oh, um, uh, yeah, at that point he's got nothing to lose, so. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that's worth mentioning this film. Um, there's a lot of actors that... I was like, who is that? And then on my second watch, I realized, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, is Arthur's mom Sheldon's mom from Big Bang Theory? Uh, no, I don't think so. No? Okay. But I definitely know that in the mental, uh, in, in Arkham Asylum, the the admin guy is uh, his paper boy from Atlanta. Oh, which, fuck uh, yeah, dude. It's pretty cool. He's, that's, yeah, Brian, that's Brian Tyree Henry. He plays the voice of the dad in Spider-Man... Um into the spot of us. Oh, does he? Does yeah. he? Fuck. He's, that guy's he's, got he's a bit in, of a career going for him. He's in Widows, dude. Like, he's in uh, If Bill <sighs> Street Could Talk. He's in Child's Play, the new one. Don't you remember? He's a neighbor. Was he? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, is he, is, um, by the way, is Widows good? I didn't, I never watched Widow. Widows, Widows is great. Yeah. Widows yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. It looked good. Um, anyways, um, I feel like I've covered most things I have to say on this. I think what we both you? have. Yeah. I think we yeah. both um, have. If you want to give, give it a score, read? yeah, let's give it a uh, score and then we'll, um, we'll go to, um, just a couple of comments we got on the after party. <sighs> Like, I guess we can bounce off there, really. Yeah. Or do you want to? We'll go. You know what? We'll go comments first, and then we'll go score. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go, Luke New uh, Newnham. Sorry, Luke. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry for fucking up your name. But thank <laughs> you so much. He, he he posted a review on our on our on our page, the after party. Uh, he said, "Joker. Wow." Just wow. I wasn't sold on this film initially, but Joaquin Phoenix in the recent trailer convinced me to get a ticket, and boy, am I glad I glad it did. What masterful acting from Phoenix. Arthur's gradual descent into madness is captured brilliantly. The film was so beautifully shot as well. Seriously, it was a visual treat. Lastly, despite not being based on any run in particular, there were some nice nods to the comics and other interpretations of the character in film and television. I would be shocked if this doesn't get nominated for a bunch of awards. Go out there and see it. You will not be disappointed. Um, yeah, in terms of awards, oh, by the way, Luke, thank you so much for commenting. I really, really, uh, I think I agree with pretty much everything you said there. Um, Love you, buddy. What do you think about awards? I think Joaquin locked uh, for sure in terms would, of nomination. It would, be, it would be criminal not to give um, Joaquin one. Um, look, I think it would be... It's got a good chance with a lot of things. I think it's got a great chance for production design. Mm. I think. Um, I think. I think that's. Cine- I think us. Uh, yeah, music. Oh, sorry, sound mixing, or editing. Yeah, yeah. M- maybe, maybe. Um, cinematography, maybe as well. Like I, I, I think it's a bit soon to. Like there could be some like 
other big ones coming out. But I think this has a very distinct visual look to it. Um, and But when you mention those categories, directing is a possibility. But I have a feeling the Academy may be a bit biased against this film, not just because it's um, a comic book film technically, but also because um, there's an extreme- conversation, yeah. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a political bias, Yeah, I think, in Hollywood a little bit, and it may work against the film possibly, but maybe not. I don't think, uh, I think it'll be nominated for a bunch of stuff, but I don't think it'll necessarily win them. I think Joaquin will win, actually. Um, obviously, we're about to hit uh, Oscar season, so we haven't really seen everything yet. Um, there's yeah. some really early talk about The Irishman as well. So, uh, but yeah. Um, I think of, of everything, like act, uh, best actor is clearly the best um, best one. I, I don't think it's going to get one for screenplay. I think um, it'll get picture. It'll it, be nominated for picture. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, it'd be a bit unprecedented, but it it's good. Actually, you know what? Black Panther got nominated for best picture, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. No, yeah, like that. That's still a surprise to me. Yeah. But um, sorry. Before we continue, um, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it, but um, even though I didn't pick, I didn't assume the um twist. I did find this plot a little predictable at times. Um. But like you know, for a pretty linear character piece, I guess that's that's not interesting. To be maybe I, maybe I didn't, but like again, I was really kind of like entranced and lost in it. Like I was just like I wasn't really like thinking about everything going forward. I was thinking about just what was happening right in front of me. It was just yeah. a movie that I just really got in, like really wrapped up in. Um, that's Mike nitpicking, Hilg- by the way. Yeah, <laughs> Mike Hilger just saw it. Joaquin for life. He loves Joaquin, dude. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I believe his favorite movie uh, with Joaquin is Her, I believe, which is a great film. Yeah. Um, Jose, our boy Jose, Jose Rivera. I saw this Thursday night, excited to see it, but not knowing what to expect. Yes, it's a movie about a man's descent into madness, but how does that play into a two-hour movie? While very dark, it's an amazing movie. You're constantly going back and forth on Arthur. Just when you're happy for him, you remember the horrible thing he, things he's done. Um, that's a fucking good point, actually. Like, that might play into what you were saying, Matt, about, like, how the filmmakers want you to feel sympathetic for him, but you're still, like, kind of reminded about what the fuck, like, what he's done, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The last 20 minutes, wow. From the subtleties Phoenix plays when he's sitting with Murray to that big moment and to the aftermath, it took my breath away. Take my breath away. Wow. Uh, I, uh, that's just me. Sorry, paraphrasing that. I still don't know how I feel about the final scene, though. This is a movie that haunts you and stays with you. Hmm. Final scene, huh? That one in the uh, in the psychiatry, in, in Arkham, I guess. Uh, what do you think uh, about that, actually? Like, uh, him, I, I guess he killed that um, counselor, right? Oh, he, yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, I don't know. I feel like the movie could have ended even without that scene. Um, I I actually maybe, thought it was going to end with him on the roof of the car. Yeah, like I thought so. it felt like a post credit scene, but the whole like genuine laugh and like you wouldn't get it like that that works for the cool. character. So it's yeah, like it's, it I'm does. not against it. I'm not against it. Um, it's it's fine, I guess. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more. So Seth Troubadour, good movie. I'll buy I'll buy a Blu-ray copy. <laughs> nice, short and sweet. Uh, and then we have one for Carlos, Carlos Picatosti. I know him personally. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, he posted a fantastic, he, he loves his art. He loves drawing. He posted oh, a fantastic. Oh, yes, this was amazing. 
yeah fantastic rendition of the actual the joker poster um Definitely check it out. It's in the after party. He posted it. It's fantastic. Uh, but he also uh, left a little review. Good evening, my fellow cinephiles and sweaties. Sweaties? Sweeties? <laughs> I just came out of Joker witnessing possibly the greatest acting I've ever seen. Joaquin Phoenix puts on a disturbing and unsettling performance that won't leave my brain for days slash weeks slash years to come. It was my most anticipated movie of the year, and I'm a massive Star Wars fan, which is really saying something. He delivered. Uh, here's my artwork for the fa- uh, of my favorite piece of promotional material for the Joker. Uh, hit me with a follow on Instagram. It's a CMPYO. Do yourselves a favor and go see it over the weekend if you haven't already. Thank you so much, Carlos. We really appreciate your comment, dude. It's fucking awesome. Shouts. Shout outs to him. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. That's it. That's what we got. That's uh, yeah. It's a, it's a it's a very Oscary film. It's not. You know what? I just want to quickly mention and maybe get your thoughts on but like this film it's kind of interesting when you think about it just run through my mind now that um it's a very artsy film it's not a film for mainstream audiences in terms of what it is but they've tried to gain that mainstream appeal by obviously tying it into a uh major franchise right i i wonder if like you know like some people would argue Logan did that as well, but Logan did not do it to the scale that this did um, in terms of Oscar-y, baby sort of stuff. And I don't want to call us Oscar bait, but it's got elements of that. Um, what I don't want to see, though, or maybe oh, I do want to see quickly it. before you switch yeah. gears, Matt. Um, yeah, I, I do agree with you, by the way. This isn't for everyone. That's what I keep telling people whenever they ask me like what I thought of the movie. Um, first words are, this is not for everyone, but it was for me. Yeah, and um, I I think I'm surprised we're not seeing – I think a lot of people will see this movie and be disappointed. A lot of mainstream viewers – people who enjoy Justice League, you know, a lot of them, like uh, (sighs) people who, you know, they're they're different. And, like, you know, I think there's a world where this movie can exist and so can – Jared Leto's Joker and and other stuff as well, like because they're they're two very different characters and for two very different uh, purposes, made for de- different purposes. You know, this film is not meant to be uh, uh, the film that people who watch Avengers go see. You know, um, but what, what see, but I'm we curious, do. Like, do you know what I mean? What mean? And the people that. Like we do go oh, see Avengers, not, we look. I don't, but we're not in the mainstream. You know, uh, most people don't. the people that I saw it with kind of are not Chris. I'm, I'm not saying Chris, but like the other person yeah. that I went to see it with, she is like she, she and she fucking came yeah. out like loving this movie. Uh, and I think the way like they like they tell this story is kind of relatable, right? Like it's a rags to not rags to riches, like you know, like like Scarface or something. But like it's somewhat relatable, like you know what I mean. Everyone has a breaking point, kind of thing. Yeah, I think it depends on the mindset you go on with this movie. Um, if you're going in wanting a to see a movie about the Joker uh, because you liked him in. Uh, I don't know, one of the Batman movies, you're prob- you might not be on board for this because of just what it is. You know, it's not made for the, that audience. It's made for people who can appreciate, uh, to quote Martin Scorsese, real cinema. Um, oh, gee, let's not get into that. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's for that. But like, I wonder if, and I don't know if I'm excited or if I hate this, but w- what if this would start a trend of trying to make artsy 
Oscar Academy appreciating films using popular characters. Like, what if we see, I know, an emotional story about Optimus Prime? Well, this is <laughs> supposed fucking... to kick off DC's Black Label sort of like line of films. What? This is news to me. Does this yeah, mean is this... the next? Are we going? Are we getting Riddler next? Is nothing, that what you're saying? Nothing, nothing's been announced, but I, I think because of the success of this and because of how much it made as well, um, I, th- I think we should expect more kinds of films like these, which I am 100% down for. I don't know if I am. I will, but I'll watch with an open mind. I'll watch with an open mind. I didn't realize I was talking to Patrick Harrington over there. (laughs) No, but I'm just thinking like you're only going to be able to pull it off with so many people. Uh, Would you be keen for a Joker 2? That's been uh, a conversation. No, no. no. I know Joaquin said that he's keen to make one or he would make one. Um, but no, I'm done with this version of this character forever. It's because a sequel wouldn't be the same movie. It'd have to be. He, well, he's how do you make one? Well, then I don't know. It'd be like it'd be like watching Terminator Two after watching Terminator One. It'd be an action film, right? Or maybe not an action film, but it'd be like a it'd be a crime drama or something. Because at this point, he's gone around killing. He can kill people from the first scene. Um, well, it'd be a very is, different his story. His arc is done. Like his arc in this film is done. It's complete. Yeah, exactly. It's finished. You would have to create a new arc yeah. and it'll be hard <laughs> to capture that same bottle right. of energy twice. Like, like that's what I say about like, I'm worried about a Black Panther 2 or a Wonder Woman 2 because no, I wouldn't those that stories- far. I mean, those, those, well, are, those are made for like franchises. Like this yeah, is more like- That's true. But what made those films good was a particular theme. And I don't know if you can tell a theme like that twice, but- you're you're right. It's easier to say that about like Joker See, than them. But I think I'm, themes I'm, I'm are still easy to see sequels. I think themes are easy to carry on and uh, carry on in sequels. Uh, whereas this is more everything we learn about Arthur Fleck and every piece of information about his specific character is kind of somewhat answered, right? Like besides obviously yeah. the the real stuff that we like, you know, that he leaves loose there. Todd Phillips leaves loose there at the end there. But yeah, that's fair. If you saw a Batman, if they did another Batman film like this about a character, who would you want to say based on a villain? Oh, you know what? Um, any villain, any any comic book villain. Any villain? Yeah, it doesn't have to be Batman. I think it'd be easy if you do Batman, but uh, you guys. It's a first. hard one, right? I don't know. Like, I've been thinking, like <laughs> you asked the question. <laughs> like obviously, obviously, Mister Freeze has a really great emotional story, but uh, you can't do a film that realistic like this uh, in that serious. Like it would have to be so much special effects; it'd be too unrealistic. So I don't know. Maybe Riddler. I've always liked that. I wanted to see that character. I still don't think he's been done justice on a live screen. So I'd love about someone who's got this ego and they have to prove that they're the smartest person all the time. Um, mm. that could be interesting. I, I've always liked the character of Two Face. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know how much more there is to him past what we saw in the Dark Knight. So they did him yeah. so well in the Dark Knight. The you, way that you, he considering how turned. much time they gave him, yeah. Like I mean, like you know, when you compare him to how much screen time I guess the Joker has and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Um. um Cool. Yeah. Anyway, possibly um, actually, you know what? Oh no, yeah. it's, he's already been done. He's already been done amazingly. Who? I was about to say the Kingpin, but he's been done top notch. Oh, so. Daredevil did him so well. Um, so well. Yeah. That show you could argue is a, uh, season one and three. You could argue it's more it's the Kingpin show than Daredevil. It's that good. For sure. Uh, all right, man. Yeah. Let's close this out. So give right. me your um, score you on um, Joker. I'm giving it a look. I'm going to give it an eight, but you could very easily convince me to make it a nine. 
Um, yeah, it just it comes down to personal opinion. It didn't stick with me that long. I'm not saying it's forgettable, but I don't want to watch it again. Um, Dude, nine's still an incredible really score. Like, no. You know what? You know what? No, no. I'm gonna say nine. Like, I'm, I'm being biased. Okay. It's, it, it's, it's, yeah. it deserves a nine. Yeah. And I'm uh, guessing you're a ten. Yeah, this is probably the easiest ten I've ever given, man. I uh, again, both times I saw it, just totally into it, dude. Um, really, really love this film. I I tend to uh, like Colin as well. Like I I do tend to gravitate more towards darker stories, um, and specifically films that don't really particularly have a happy ending. um like uh, one of our favorite episodes of the podcast that we've done is prisoners right and prisoners has you know although it has a sort of like a somewhat happy ending the way they get you know the daughter back um it still ends on a very bleak note and some of my favorite one of my favorite directors is david fincher who rarely finishes his Mm. films on a happy ending happy ending that Um, is true so yeah, man. Like I, I do because like that's what these like. I'm, I'm more than happy to watch a film like this. I'm more than happy to watch a movie where there's not a happy ending because you know life doesn't always have a happy ending. <laughs> um, but yeah. also, again, like let's not get it twisted, right? I will never watch a movie like Twelve Years a Slave ever again. I've seen it once. I loved it. Thought it was a masterpiece. I'm done with it. And that's only because it's very hard to watch because it's got very prolonged torture sequences. And I'm just like, I'm good. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not talking about that kind it's of a happy passion ending. Passion the Christ. It's really right, exactly. It's well made, but like you're literally watching a guy getting tortured for two yeah, hours. I can't. I can't do that. Whereas this is more like thematics. Yeah, you, know, like, you know what I mean? Like this is more like yeah. Um, but yeah, I. Wow, we talked about this for an hour, dude. How good is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's done, son. Um, it's done. It's done. It's getting released to the world. Uh, that'll be our episode for this week. Stick around for next week when we have uh, Matthew Anderson coming back from LSG Media to help us cover uh, the invitation. Um, LSG. I believe it was. Yeah, LSG. LSG. I believe it was his pick, actually. <laughs> like, you know, we don't really. We, don't, we rarely give, like, our hosts, like, you know, the options to pick movies. <laughs> um, but, like, I remember me and him both, li- uh, me and Colin both listened to, like, a, an episode of LSG years ago. And, like, Matt's been wanting to talk about The Invitation for a very long time. And I, I really dig that movie. I don't know about Colin. I think he likes it. I'm not sure. But I guess we'll find out, right? So, yeah, really stoked to have Matt back on. Um, and cover the invitation. Matthew Vella, what do you have to say before we head out here? Um, if you want to see a lot of shittier films that are nowhere as good as these, uh, that are much <laughs> no, cheaper, right. and see right. and see where my ego comes from, um, you can find me on Facebook at Vella Matt Films. Uh, I'm really excited. This weekend, um, I have a comedy short screening at monster fest in melbourne um and at the same exact time i have an action film of mine screening at thriller chiller in michigan in the states um so that's that's a that's a cool saturday for me um and yeah, I'm I'm getting really close to uh, dropping a poster and some new stuff about my my latest project, which I'm really really excited to get out there because it's uh it's it's been a lot of work, but it's been very awesome. Um, and hey, one day maybe um I will do something as great as this, but uh, 
<laughs> let, let a boy dream. Let a boy dream. Anyway, so yeah, that's Velomat Films on Facebook. Um, but you're not here for that. You're here for Midnight Double Feature. And if you don't know where to find Midnight Double Feature, there's our Facebook. There's our Instagram, Midnight Double Feature, uh, or MF, MFD Pod. And then we've also, you know, find us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. We're also on Spotify. And if you want to be our BFFs, if you want your comments read out on here, don't forget to sign up for the after party. But Matt, what's the after party? I'm glad you asked, hypothetical person. That's totally not me making another voice. The after party <laughs> The after party is a Facebook group where we just hang out and post memes and talk shit. And uh, as of lately, it seems people have been posting their own reviews there. Um, we got a, a second opinion review at Astro the other day. Shout out to was that Daniel? I think it was Daniel, Danny wasn't Fouch. it? Yeah, Danny. Yeah, thanks, he thanks, he bro. He didn't like. Uh, I mean, like it was kind of like you uh, with me because I didn't really uh, give that movie a serious go around the first time and only time yeah. I watched it. So he's like, Zohab, you need to give this a second look." <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I get that. That's a movie I didn't get around to watching. I, I, I wish I did, but. Um, you know, we unfortunately don't do this full time, but one day, again, we, boys can dream, right? Anywho, um, that's it for us this week at Midnight Double Feature. Thanks for checking out this um, special feature episode. Um, our next one that we do together will be an upcoming attractions. It will probably be a bigger one since we missed out on a whole bunch of stuff. Um, Birds of Prey needs that trailer I really want to get into. I really want to get into um, Underground 6. Um, but by six the time- Sorry, 6 Underground. Um, there was also The Gentleman, The King's Man. But um, by that time- we would have watched and be ready to review. Dude, I'm so excited about this. Maybe we have to do another special feature. But uh, El Camino, the new Breaking Bad movie, like that comes out in a few days. Um, yes, it I does, I can't fucking man. wait. I can't fucking wait. And, um, yeah, it had its um, premiere. And uh, who did we... Oh, I'm so bad at names. Was it Danny as well in the after party talking about Gemini Man? Was that him? Gemini Man else? is out tomorrow. Yes, correct. Yeah, um, Gemini Man, I think, comes out soon, which, oh, as I was if saying- If I have to go see it, Danny, <laughs> you, you don't, you don't. I'll see it, but um, I am interested. It could go one of two ways. It um, it could be it could be complete trash, but it could be um, a fun action flick. It, Like I said in the after party, it reminds me of Jet Li's The One, and that's enough for me because as a kid, I love that movie. Um, I think um, just quickly yeah. as well, to, if we're teasing um, content- I think Hustlers is coming out as well tomorrow. Um, Ooh, I've is definitely it? been wanting to check that out. Yeah, it's getting some pretty good Oscar buzz. So uh, it actually looks alright. Hey, yeah, um, I'm keen to check that out. Um, I feel like there's another big one. When's ter- I think I feel like Terminator is like really soon, isn't it? That's the week after next. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yep. So we're gonna be really busy over here at MDF. Um, this is probably the longest outro we ever did ever. So instead of just saying goodbye, do you just want to, do you want to talk for another three hours? How was your yeah, day? How you doing, nah. Matthew? How you yeah, doing? I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, yeah, yeah. Just, just fade out here, I think. Nah. Um, all right. Thanks very much, dudes. Uh, thanks for hanging out. We have a lot of fun doing this and we hope you enjoy listening too. So, yep. Laters. Take care of yourselves.